hey, this is a really well-paced game. It's like Mark Burley's pitching for both teams. That, that, <laughs> that would be just a success. All right, we'll talk Elvis Andrews and Cubs pitching and go through some of the baseball news of both teams coming up at 4 o'clock. We are one hour away from Spiegs' 28th favorite baseball player of the last 30 years in Chicago. We're talking about sports, trying new things. Yes, sir. Like some of the XFL rules. We know that baseball, after experimenting with these rules over years in the minor leagues, is ready to implement uh, changes this year. Pitch clock, uh, chief among them, but also uh, shift bands, right? You got to have two guys on the infield on either side of second base when the pitch is thrown. And you were talking to someone connected in the game who was giving you some uh, potential workarounds that teams are exploring. I was made hip to this shift rule change counterattack option, which we talked about briefly last week, which is that the second baseman and first baseman are playing towards the line on the right side, and the left fielder comes over to play essentially a fifth infielder role in the short grass just to the right of second base. Center fielder then shifts a little bit left, and he'll be asked to patrol both center and left. And the third baseman goes to the back of the dirt and is ready, if need be, to sprint like hell back towards left field and cover that big empty ground there. The concept being you're still daring lefty pull hitters to try and go to the opposite field. And you're asking now a left field kind of super utility guy to essentially be that infielder. And you're, you'd better have a third baseman who can cover some ground and be a runner a little bit. So I sent that out. It got quote tweeted like a hundred and sometimes whatever. But what was interesting was that it was all different baseball fan bases. So somehow it got into the bloodstream of baseball bloggers and fan bases. And there'd be a whole bunch of specific things like, it, you know, for, for some team, for San Diego, it's like, boy, if you got Tatis out there in left field, it'd be great to have him come in as your fifth infielder. Or, sure. you know, like all these yeah, teams. were applying to, for, for Ian Happ, it would be this. For our guy, it would be this, right. et cetera. Yeah, uh, sure. Seattle General, General Manager Jerry DePoto was asked about it specifically on, a, on his conference call one day. So it's like, it was everywhere. So I wanted to send it to Theo Epstein. And I sent the drawing to him and asked if this was possible. And I got a response from Theo. Okay. Theo said, using an outfielder to play the shifted infielder role is legal under the rules, and I'm sure that teams will try it. If it becomes pervasive, we have the right and probably the inclination to amend the rule to make it illegal through one of a few different mechanisms. Let's stop there for a second because there's more. So, but, so what does that mean to you when he says one of a few different mechanisms they could make it illegal? It has to be one outfielder on each side of the center fielder, that well, kind I mean, of thing? That, that, that would be the fix, right? That you could, you could say, yeah, there has to be uh, one outfielder on – I mean, the designated left fielder has to be to the left of the center fielder, and right. the designated right fielder has to be to the right of the center fielder, right? The, the outfielders have to play their assigned positions, whatever the case may be. That would be how you write – but – what I think he's saying there is, hey, man, we put these rules in to improve the game. Don't spend too much time circumventing it circumventing it because players voted against the implementation of this stuff. We This is not collectively bargained. We can just put our thumb on the scale here and continue to tweak the rules if your whole point is to try to game the system. Right. We have the right 
and probably the inclination. Yeah, they believe in these rules. Yep, and they're going to make sure that they don't get circumvented by some kind of BS But what, what was the first part? He said, are you sure people are going to try? But he- I'm sure teams will try it. If it becomes pervasive, we have the right and probably the inclination. But here's the second part of it, is he addresses the cost of it from a defensive perspective. Quote from Theo Epstein. But I think the cost of going with only two outfielders likely outweighs the benefits of the fifth infielder in all but a limited number of circumstances. So it shouldn't be all that common. But if that's not the case, we'll adjust. So they've thought about it. But, he but thinks, why, why, he why, thinks it's, the, the cost is bigger. But, but why would it be bigger because there's, if you're going to do... like Because there's extra bases out there in that big wide open corner. Because if, if you... As opposed to moving the infielder? As opposed to a bunt... Which moves, you know, so so an infielder runs over to get your bunt, which is how they used to beat the shift. If this is a if this is a guy, a lefty who can slap it into the corner, then it becomes extra base. It could be a triple, if not a double. Right. So I, I think that's that's the, the the cost is extra. That's why. But co- I, I, I would on say, defense, but yeah. so like, take an extreme guy, right? Like Schwarber, Rizzo. Those are the guys that we've seen the shift deployed against before right i wonder what his threshold is for like if it like i assume teams are going to try it if it becomes pervasive like i wonder if he's like 10 pure pull lefties it happens against but the nobody else has it done against them we're okay with it happening against those guys but like i, I wonder what his yeah. threshold is one guy too many is 10 guys too many is it happening in april okay but june not okay like right. I, I, I i wonder what his annoyance line is yeah it's interesting cuz he cause he talked about with Molly and Holly repeatedly talked about a 3 to 4 week adjustment period for all these kind of rules so you'll see people trying this in spring training I mean, maybe it becomes so pervasive in spring training that the thumb gets put on the scale then. Um, and maybe it doesn't even get to uh, Major League opening day that you see it. So we'll see. that. That's an interesting question. And then uh, the other cost as a defense is like, man, if your third baseman can't run, you're not going to do this. You know, it's like, and if your left fielder on a given day is Kyle Schwarber or somebody like that, you're not going to bring them over and have them play on the infield and, and be confused about, about things like that. So I, I, I think it, you've got to have the right defensive roster for this to make sense. And the lefty extreme hitter has to have enough speed for it to be worthwhile and enough bat control. So it's still a challenge. I think it's going to make, in my opinion, for really fun experimentation while this happens. And I wouldn't mind if it doesn't get ruled out. If you see it every once in a while and, and just but it should just happen against those. Cause like you could go back when the next batter comes up in the order, right? Yes. It's not like you have to be locked into that spot. So you, I guess I don't you, see why you don't, have, would... you don't have to change gloves. Cause you're not becoming an infielder. Yeah. So moving the outfielders around, this is one way of how moving the outfielders around. Maybe you'll see a right fielder come and play halfway a right fielder will come and play that fifth infield spot, and center field and left will both shift, shift over towards towards the right. You'll you'll probably see that, and and I don't I don't know if then you would want to have a mechanism to uh, to adjust that. The workaround that I'm wondering about is with the pitch clock workarounds because that's the one that I care about the most because I think it's like the one that's actually like in the best interest of the fans uh, of the game. Mm. Can you take the signal not being on the rubber? Can you catch the ball on the grass, get the call for the next pitch from your pitcher, right. and then walk up to the mound, and then that starts the pitch clock? That's going to upset me. 
if they do that. And, and, and my guess is based on Theo's answer to this. They, they won't at, let that happen. As soon as the ball's in your glove, they'll start the pitch yep. clock. Because that, that, one, that one is just thumbing your nose at the rules and the spirit of everything that you're trying to do. So I assume they will also they will apply the same yeah. threshold to it. It's the other one about, like, you can only have two disengagements of the pitching rubber, which means only two pickoff throws. Once you've gotten to two disengagements, there are people out there who think that some managers and pitching coaches are going to advise their pitchers to just hold the ball for, like, an uncomfortable amount of time uh, out there on the mound while waiting. Now the pitch clock is gonna it's all gonna yeah, work can't together. Be that, can't be that uncomfortable. Can't be that long. Because it's all gonna it's all gonna work together. So those two rules, pitch clock and disengagements, are kind of designed to try and work together. It worked in the minors, man. All of this stuff coalesced to make a faster, more efficient game that was not damaged in the minors. I do have faith that's gonna be the case. Our first spring broadcast of the Cubs is Saturday, I believe. I think right? That's true. This Saturday. That's true. So I think we're broadcasting ten of them. So uh, only two interruptions for this show for Cubs and Sox. Cubs Giants 155 on Saturday. 155 on Saturday. Cubs baseball will be on the air. We're excited about that, of course. Uh, Sox signing leads to Speeg's optimism. There's also some Cubs confusion on the back end of their pitching rotation. We get into the baseball on both sides of town next on the score.